When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm down on my knees in the dust I scream from the top of my lungs I found my way back to a higher ground Yeah, I just want to feel alive Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren I found my way back to a higher ground Yeah, I just want to feel Yes, good evening. Welcome to uh, this Monday night edition of Higher Ground. Boy, what a weekend it was, huh? Um, This competition, and I said it yesterday on match day, it really has been thrown on its head. So many of us thought there'd probably be a Storm and Panthers grand final. Well, we can no longer have that. They cannot meet in the grand final. So what else did we learn over the weekend other than top sides Melbourne and Penrith can't go for the title together? Well, um, some say that that is a deficiency in the current finals model. The fact that the top two teams can no longer now play in the grand final. Others, and I reckon the majority too, say it just adds another layer or three to the last few weeks of this wonderful competition. I guess it's a good discussion point. I mean, Storm and Panthers were the best performing teams after 25 rounds, losing just three games each. The Bunnies next best, losing, I think, just four games. But now we find the Panthers, they're one loss away from bowing out. But that's just the way it is. I mean, we all know that the regular season is just that. It's for the right to play in the postseason. That's all it is. It's 25 long rounds for the right to play in the playoffs. And the playoffs, as we know, it is a new competition. It is a new, a whole new ball game. A few remember who the minor premiers were from yesteryear. All that matters is lifting the Proven Summons Trophy. What else did we learn in week one of the finals? Well, that Tommy Turbo is human after all. And he can, too, have an off game. He'll need a lot more help, though, I think, uh, from those around him against the Roosters on Friday. Master coach Wayne Bennett might be getting a little long in the tooth, but my goodness, he knows how to prepare a team, doesn't he, for the business end of the season. No Luttrell, no hope. Yeah, right. The Bunnies now one win away from the grand final. They'll need to beat either the Roosters or Manly to qualify. The top eight, so it has been reduced now to six. Seventh-placed Newcastle and eighth-placed Gold Coast Titans have bowed out. I guess that's further evidence, isn't it, Um, that we have had a clear top six teams all season. The Roosters probably deserve a bit of luck, don't they, after the... the year that they've had. I mean, really? I think they got a bit of luck too on Saturday, didn't they? Sam Walker again booting a last-ditch drop goal to beat the Titans by one point. And, oh, how I bet poor Patrick Herbert um, could have that last play again if he could. David Fafita, here, mate, please take this ball, score, and we're still alive. But not so. Do feel for Paddy Herbert. Parramatta still matters. Para still matters. The Eels have had uh, the most gruelling run to the finals yet, playing the Storm and the Panthers in the last two rounds. And now they have to again play the Panthers this weekend and then the Storm. That's if they're to qualify 
for an unlikely grand final. I tell you what, if they do get there, the blue and golds, it will be the stuff of legend. What's a penalty try and what is not? Look, if I'm honest, and in my opinion, that was not a penalty try to Will Penasini against the Knights yesterday. I was always of the opinion that there has to be almost zero uncertainty that a try would have been scored, i.e. very little, if any chance, of any error being made by the attacking player. And to quote Brad Arthur in his press conference, where he agreed it was a penalty try, he said something like, all he had to do was pick up the ball and ground it to score the try. Well, that's my point. Who can say that Will Penasini would have actually picked the ball up cleanly and would have actually put the ball down cleanly? Is that not true? So it, it, it was not a fait accompli that this would have been. Maybe I'm wrong, but for me, there has to be almost zero doubt in awarding a penalty try. A greater threshold, I believe. Maybe I'm from the dark ages. Let me know what you think. Uh, and while we're on referees as well, where do you stand in this whole saga around the, the Sutton brothers? Bernard, the former referees boss. You know, he's a consultant to the Melbourne Storm. His role basically is remote on the phone, but he's helping the club in its pursuit of, I think, con- conceding fewer penalties. But is there a conflict of interest? What do you think on this? If his brother, Jared, as expected, is appointed to referee the grand final. Surely, even if there's not a conflict of interest, it doesn't look good, does it? It doesn't look good. Anyway, that's my opinion. I'd love to hear yours. Um, Get on the phone if you want to give us a call. There's space on the open line around about now. The number, if you don't know it, it's 1300 01. 1170. 1-300-01-1170. The text line, if you want to jo- drop a text, please do. 0457-736-736. A race in two, so we thought. No Luttrell, no hope for Souths, so we thought. As I said, this competition has well and truly been turned on its head. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. Yes, indeed, and welcoming your calls and welcoming your texts and asking you. Here is an open invitation from me, C. Warren, to you, whoever you might be. uh, Get involved, get involved, get involved with the program. Be a part of the conversation, just like Smithy from Melbourne has just done. He says, Chris, no, he didn't say Chris. He just says it was a try every day of the week. Thank you, Smithy from Melbourne. I disagree, and I firmly hold my ground, and I'm entitled to my opinion, as are you. And uh, to all our listeners out there, I won't bite your hand off. You are certainly entitled to your opinion on whatever it might be. That's what this is all about. We uh, we love to interact with the fans, whether it's uh, on the open line or via the text. Um, and surely we will have uh, differing opinions on a number of things. I maintain my ground. I am probably from the old school where a penalty try was when there was absolutely almost zero doubt that that try would have been scored. And yes, I agree. Will Penasini probably would have scored the try. In fact, you know what? He would have scored the try, I think. But he still had to pick the ball up and he still had to ground the ball. 
So you've got to be able to convince me that there would be absolutely no error in either of those two actions. If you can do that, blow the whistle, penalty try. Can you do that? Can you do that, mad Russian? Uh, With a degree of certainty, a threshold of certainty of, say, higher than 95%. Higher than ninety five percent. I reckon so. Yeah. I reckon so. I reckon it's about ninety nine percent of the time. Will Penasini picks that? We'll ball pick up that ball up and we'll ground that cleanly. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. Ninety nine percent. That's a great threshold. That's fine. Go for it. I'm a little bit old too, as I said. For me, and this is how I think it used to be. And I'm going to get yeah. Greg McCallum yeah. on the show a bit later on. He's going to drop in about ten ish, I think, mm. on the line. Not coming in. Greg. Okay. Former head of the match review and former first grade referee. Refereed a few grand finals. And maybe I, I have got it wrong. Maybe I've missed some of the rulings. And I think they may have changed it with the bunker, et cetera. I don't know. I'll chat to Greg. But I like the system where, you know, there is no doubt. Like, even a bouncing ball in the end goal, for me, that's not good enough. There could be an error picking that ball up and grounding it still. If there's, say, a, a resting ball in the end goal, and I'm reaching out to ground that ball mm. and someone takes me out, you know, there's no doubt that that try would have been scored. All I've got to do is put downward pressure on it. Anyway, that's where I'm coming from. But again, we are open to differing opinions, and that's what we, uh, we'd we love you to get involved with. Now, as for our other topic tonight that I'd like you to get involved with, um, great sporting rugby league feuds. We're, we're more we rugby league. Both. We rugby sporting, league, but both. Yeah. Great sporting feuds. So, for example, for example, and he works here, Spudley, right? <laughs> He had a long, long time run-in with the Chief. And that was a great sporting feud. That's probably the one that jumps to the front of your mind, doesn't it? I know there were some great a big ones. Bar. There's no. been a lot. Well, well um, let me let me think about it for a while. Because I just picked this up and, and seen that, that talk topic, which is your suggestion, right? And this all comes around Cleary and Bennett. Yeah. Cleary and Bennett, that's now. It's a bit of a... It's a great sporting feud, isn't it? Going into the finals, into week two and three and four of the finals. Um, The master coach. I'm going to talk to Steve Renoff later on. I want to get the pearl. I want to pick the pearl's brain. Because he was under Wayne for so many years at the Broncos, and they were very close, and I think they still are. But he knows knows what is going. He knows how Wayne ticks. Mm. So Wayne portrays this... I don't know. There's a war with the media, right? He hates the Always. media. He's oftentimes monosyllabic in, in press conferences. He oftentimes makes journalists feel uncomfortable. Well, not often. Always, nearly. He hates the media. But the great irony is that Wayne Bennett uses the media mm. to his own advantage. Yes? Mm. And he will, he will do that. He will play mind games. I don't know Wayne Bennett. I've I've interviewed him a couple of times briefly. How did you find that? Shaking in my boots when I first did it. <laughs> I was over in London, actually. I was in the north of England working for Sky Sports. Mm. And I was sideline eye for, oh, it would have been a World Cup or, I don't know, where, it might have been the um, World Club Challenge. I can't right. remember. Um, but, yeah, I bloody didn't sleep the <laughs> night before, knowing I was going to be yeah. talking to Wayne. And he's got no reason to not like me. I mean, we don't know each other. But I've just seen the way others... Anyway, my point is I'd like to... Do... I'll get into Pearl's head about you know, yeah. how does he tick? How does he operate? Is it? Is this some sort of fabrication from us and we're sort of making all this up? Or does he really try and manipulate the media and 
get his messages out there and is he that clever about all that? Well, when he wants to, he'll go on. But do the players know? Did, did, the, did the Broncos players know? Like, did he just say to them, "Okay, fellas, look, I've just gone and done a press conference there, and I've I've said this, 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 and this," uh, but between these four walls, I'm just I'm just winding all this up for you know. <laughs> do they actually know that this yeah. is the way he's operating, or is he the lone ranger and just goes and does it? I'd like to know. You know. Or do you think it's unspoken? I don't know. I think it, we all know it's. Don't know. Or we all think it's happening. Don't know. So basically, so so I, a few weeks ago, Wayne had some problems um, with uh, Penrith players protecting Nathan Cleary illegally, really, basically. So going into this weekend, that was one of the hot topics, wasn't it? Mm. Everyone was talking about block runners and protecting kickers and all that. Um, so it was clearly under the microscope. More so, not through Wayne approaching the NRL and having to quite chat about it, but sort of throwing the heat back onto Ivan Cleary for before the match, he brought it up, didn't he? So Wayne had a, a 10 out of 10 points win there. And I saw us, was it on the social media, a tweet, or I saw, I don't know where, it was something along the lines of, um, did you see Nathan, uh, Ivan Cleary's press conference? It was as, it was as though Wayne Bennett is, um, has a rent-free tenancy inside Ivan's head. At the moment, mm. you know, really getting inside there and, and owning Ivan Cleary's mindset. He did look a bit rattled, didn't he, Ivan? Uh, but I guess you would. I guess you would when you just bombed out to South Sydney, a team you were expected to beat. What now for Penrith? What now for Penrith? They're going to play Parramatta. All the pressure is on Penny Panthers. All the pressure. Um, they've got to get their, their stuff together. Their act together in a hurry. Because it's now sudden death. Parramatta have had a really good, hard preparation for these finals. Um, I don't know. I, I don't I, – it's certainly not a lay-down Mazzea that the Panthers are going to beat the Eels. No way in the world. They, uh, they've got some, some issues to, to, to clean up with. They Penrith. sure do. How about them not scoring a point? Yep. In the second half against a team that is not renowned yep. as a defensive superpower. You talk about Mel- Mel- uh, Melbourne shutting down Turbo, mm. which they did. South Sydney, who's the, their greatest yardage runner, Penrith? Brian Toto. Toto. Hardly, hardly saw him. Yeah. They belted him. Mm. It's about defence. It's about defence and possession. Finals footy. And Wayne knows that better than anyone. So look what happens. Um. Oh, we've got some beauties coming up, haven't we? Anyway, I am diverting off off that topic. But, uh, yeah, great sporting feuds or rugby league feuds. Um, Smithy from Melbourne's back online again. I'm glad you're still listening, Smithy. I, I, I'm quite happy to be differing opinions with you, and that's cool because that's what it's all about. Uh, but we're still friends. That's good. So he's still texting. But now my laptop's gone oh. bust on me. Uh, Para v South's grand final. Smithy from Melbourne. Wow. Imagine that. So imagine Para beat Penrith this weekend, which could happen. 13-12, they lost earlier in the season. Forget last week's game, because that wasn't Para. That was reserve grade. Yeah. Then Para have to beat Melbourne. Mm. Beaten them twice already this season. You might laugh and shake your head. You cannot argue with the fact they have beaten them twice. No, I know you're not. I'm not saying you. I'm saying figuratively you, the greater public. And then Parramatta go through to the grand final. Oh, what about if it was Paramanly? Mm. Paramanly, how good would that be? 
what was that, 76 and 82, 83. Well, the gap's starting to narrow. (laughs) We'll play that again later if we've got time. Anyway, great sporting feuds. Let's just recap and relive some of... uh, some of the bickering that's gone on between Cleary and Bennett. The NRL has got to make a decision on uh, whether they're going to allow coaches to um, deliberately manipulate uh, referees. I never said anything for three weeks. We played them three weeks ago. He was the one that's come out and started mouthing off. You're only human if you're a referee. Our boys were certainly being spoken to on the run for stuff that we never get done for. I was personally guilty of trying to, uh, I guess, put our case forward uh, this week only because I had to. Keep it in-house. I, I didn't put it out, out, out on the front pages. He worked for the referees before he went back into coaching. I've got to assume he's got some mates there still. Oh, jab. Just a little one under the little rib tickler from the uh, old master coach. Hey, from Clint Eastwood. Little rib tickler. Hey, uh, what was that movie? Good movie too, Western. Come on, listeners, you'll let me know. 045773. A Pale Rider. Forget about it, listeners. I just remembered it. Pale Rider. You seen that? No. Oh, it was starring Wayne Bennett. Oh, is that right? Chiseled. Yeah, chiseled. Chiseled. <laughs> uh, she, the sheriff. <laughs> oh, that was a good little shot. Uh, he went back into yeah, referees. And I said some contacts there. Anyway, look. Um, Penrith. Penrith and Souths. Can they meet again? Yeah, they can. They can. So Souths have to play either Manly or the Roosters and they're through to the grand final. For Penrith to get to the grand final, they've got to beat the Eels this weekend. Then they've got to beat Melbourne. Mm. Mm-hmm. That can still happen, but probably unlikely. But I don't know. I don't know. Anything can happen. I think that's what proved Five at the weekend. great games of football yeah. left. Six, six best teams in the comp. The six teams we've been talking about all year yep. as the ones that are the only ones in with a well, shot. Well, we said mid-season. Let's just tell the others... To, Tend go to go home. home. Let's just play six six team comp for the rest of the season. And we've had one extra week, and it's provided us good entertainment. Now we put it aside. We've got five games left. Absolutely, they're all going to be beauty. Absolutely, one of them is the Melbourne Storm prelim final. Melbourne will play either Parramatta or Penrith in the prelim final in a fortnight, or just under a fortnight. However, the issue is that that coincides with AFL Grand Final. Now. There's been a lot written over the weekend about, oh, I don't know, the the arrogance almost of the NRL. How dare they stage a game up against the AFL showpiece event? And I will say, you know, it, there needs to be some clearer thinking or should have been some clearer thinking around this, which there has been this afternoon. So in a nutshell, that prelim NRL final, it won't go head-to-head with the AFL grand final. It will lead into it, basically, be played at an earlier time slot. Smart decision, well played, agile from the NRL to do that. And I don't think it's conceding defeat or anything. It's just smart. It's it's Melbourne, right? Melbourne AFL. However, however, before the NRL moved on their decision this afternoon, Jared Waitley, who does some very good work for this station, is very much AFL-centric and a voice Big, big voice of mm. AFL has his own program on, on Fox Sports, does he not? AFL 360, I think it's called. Um, he's a very astute commentator, though, and I like listening to him. And he's got a very good sporting brain. Not just a good sporting brain, he's a very good journalist. However, I think he might have overstepped the mark a little bit with his comments directed at the NRL around their scheduling. But just how bloody-minded... 
the bloody-minded decision to stage the Storm's preliminary final game in direct opposition to the AFL grand final in, involving two Melbourne clubs. It's disrespectful to the point of contempt. It's illogical. I'd make the case it's idiocy. It's arrogant and it's ignorant and it's frighteningly short-sighted. And it cannibalises a moment that the Storm, well, they've worked so hard for. They should be a team that's celebrated. Instead, they're ostracised. There are people in Melbourne who love the Storm, who tune into the big games when they come around. And they're going to be denied the chance to watch the preliminary final by the strangest scheduling decision I can remember by a major sport in this country. Yeah, them's the fighting words. Strong thoughts there. Strong opinion from Jared Waitley. Um, Jimmy Smith, he returned serve this afternoon. Um, Jesus, the Thoris got a workout down there in Melbourne, didn't it? Um, big, someone from the AFL or an AFL affiliate telling the NRL that they're arrogant in what they're doing. Will they be celebrated? They are. They are a celebrated team in the National Rugby League. No one's being denied the ability to tune in. I mean, it's still being broadcast. And Jared and the old school tie brigade at the AFL telling the NRL what to do. Wow. Look, I know you need more feedback from your Sydney audience. So taking a whack at the NRL is a good place to start. But I hardly think that the NRL will be listening to an outsider telling them what to do. Now, thanks very much for the advice, but we're okay. Thank you, uh, Jimmy Smith, uh, for firing back on behalf of everyone um, north of the border of Victoria and uh, those rugby league fans. So, look, in the end, uh, Storm in the teacup, really, pardon the pun. So, Storm will play their prelim final against either Parramatta or Penrith, and then uh, it is the AFL grand final time. So, they're not playing this weekend, are they? Weekend off for the AFL. That's right. And then they go into the big one. Being played in Perth, right? Your favourite, the big dance. They call it the big dance, too. <laughs> um, what's happened here? Who's this ha-ha-ha sent me a text here? Uh, Steve from Padstow. What's he saying here, Steve? It's the Black Pearl exclamation mark. Sorry, Steve from Steve Reynolds. Yeah, Black Pearl. Well, what's the problem there? He's going to join us later on. What's Steve saying? What, because I called it the, in the Pearl? That's what he calls himself. I call him the Pearl. He's the Pearl. I ring him up and say, Pearl, it's Warren. <laughs> and uh, good fella, good fella. We do it for... Um, Deadly Choices, which is not the charity he works for. It's a really good cause. So Google Deadly Choices, actually. Uh, Steve Urenoff, we'll talk to him a little bit later on. Stays up uh, generally a bit later on a Monday night to uh, to talk to us. Now, listen, keep those texts coming through. So we've had a few feuds there in that little segment. Cleary v. Bennett. Uh, Waitley v. Jimmy Smith. Uh, other sporting or rugby league feuds. Spud Carroll, Chief Harrigan. Come on, send me through some other great sporting feuds and um, let me know your thoughts on that. So while you're thinking about that, why don't we just uh, do a little wrap? Well, finals footy got underway and what a way to kick us off. Manly and Melbourne renewing their rivalry in a game billed as a battle of the fullbacks for a spot in one of the prelim finals. Last tackle now, three metres out. Cheese goes oh, to the right. Welsh has got it. He scored. I didn't know he had it. He's dived over for a try and Melbourne are obliterating the Sea Eagles. DCE into a corner where Saab. Saab's there. Saab catches. Saab scores. Melbourne defenders all over the place. But the great Jason Saab has jumped high and scored the try. Now, now, Manly are having their say in this semi-final. 
short now to Olin, who pushed away from Harper. Now he's still going. He wants the ball back on the inside. Harry Grant's there. Oh. Throws to Pappenhausen. Shut the gate. Steps inside oh. and Garrick. They got in each other's way. Pappenhausen stepped three times. Ruben Garrick ran into Jason Starb and Melbourne got their fifth try. Absolutely superb from the brilliant number one. And I'm not talking about Tommy T. Bellamy managed to clip Turbo's wings and his own flyer, Ryan Pappenhausen, returned to form and fitness as the Storm secured their place in another grand final qualifier. On Saturday afternoon, the first of the elimination finals between the Roosters and Titans, the winner to face Manly, the loser, on their way home. Two minutes 50 remaining. Lockers. There's Sam Walker. He's got time, the young kid. He won it from last it. time. He's kicked it, Sammy wow. Walker. 25 points to 24, two and a half remain. Three tackles to go, to 30 seconds out. Kelly, he flicks it out wide. Here's Fogarty, he gets it away to Paddy Herbert. Where's the feeder? Here comes Herbert. He oh, flicked it over the touchline. No he flicked way. it over the touchline. They're gone. The Titans are gone, and the Roosters somehow hold on. Deja vu all over again for the Titans, who managed to claw their way back into the game before the right boot of Sam Walker undid them yet again. A Saturday night blockbuster followed the Panthers taking on the Rabbitohs. Reynolds, dummies on the inside, goes out oh. the back. Tate's got him. They've got him, Jackson Paulo. Yeah. They shredded him for the numbers on the right-hand side, South Sydney. You'd swear it was Latrell in the number one. Penny Panthers failing to score in a half of football for the first time this season. Wayne the winner in the war of words with Cleary and the Panthers, who will now have to beat the Eels and the Storm to make their second consecutive grand final. The Eels wrapped up the first weekend of finals against the Knights on Sunday afternoon. 15 out from the line, Ponga, cut out ball, here's the first try. Anari Tuala in the corner. And it will be Newcastle that score first and lead four points to nil. Here's Moses straight through. He's away from Ponga. He's going to score a try, Mitch Moses. That came out of nothing. Now everything is even because it's 10-all. It comes to Penasini. One-on-one with Tuala. Pushes away from him. The Gidley flick out to Ferguson, who scores in the corner. They've gone crash-bang wallop. Two tries in two minutes and lead 16 points to 10. Yes, it is. 29 minutes to 10. Uh, we'll be here until uh, we turn into pumpkins at the stroke of midnight. So we'd love you to stay with us if you can. I know it's a bit late. I uh, hope you've had a nice day. Um, this afternoon, uh, the NRL has released um, a press release and announcing a decision re the preliminary final involving Melbourne Storm has been shifted. The time slot has been shifted. Uh, from a 7:50 p.m. time slot on Saturday, the 25th of December, uh, September rather, to 4 p.m. in the afternoon. So 4 p.m. instead of 10 to 8. Uh, the decision was made. Um, well, basically, we we know why it was made. It was so the preliminary final wasn't going head to head with the AFL final, and not from a competition perspective, um, you know, us versus them. But, you know, obviously Melbourne Storm would have a, a number of fringe supporters, wouldn't they, that would like to watch both. That That is obvious, isn't it? Um, but I do know that the official release from the ARL or the National Rugby League makes no real mention of, um, of Melbourne Storm and trying to help their, their fans out. And so they're not forced to make a decision, uh, a decision on which to watch. But I will go through it. Um, it says the decision was made on a unique opportunity to create a more fan-friendly schedule. 
Um, it says rugby league is about the fans who have made it clear across the weekend that they are disappointed about having to choose between the prelim final and the AFL grand final, which is scheduled to play at a similar time. This is from NRL CEO Andrew Abdo. We pride ourselves on being agile and listening to our fans. It's clear that a small change to the schedule provides the best outcome for our fans in Melbourne. Okay, so here it is. No, I, I take that back. They are acknowledging that that's why they're doing it, really. Um, so the fans in Melbourne who have been incredibly loyal throughout the pandemic. Mr Abdo said a daytime prelim final was also a positive outcome for the fans in Brisbane. Uh, he says this year has uh, been unique and mm. an afternoon prelim final is also an opportunity to provide a more appealing time slot for younger families in southeast Queensland to attend the game. So there you go. It's, you know, it's a no-brainer though, really, isn't it? Well, this was an interesting one we are talking about in the office late this afternoon. And the point came up... What, should you hold your ground as an NRL? Why no, no, no. should we shift because of another code? Not really. No. It was put out that... Obviously, the NRL knew that the AFL Grand Final had moved. There was no communication directly, which some saw as a slight, but the news filtered through anyway. So why did the NRL still go ahead and schedule the fixture there initially? Now, Peter Volandi is a very savvy media man. He understands how the media works. Mm. If they'd made the announcement to change the time initially, rather than just saying, oh, the Storm will be playing, you know, slight change in the preliminary final time, uh, we're moving it to the afternoon. It wouldn't have created the media stir that we heard with Jared today and Jimmy today and all over this station. But if Melbourne weren't in the prelim final, they wouldn't need to change the time slot. So they couldn't have announced a decision to change the time slot. Oh, you're saying... But they still went ahead and did that even after they knew the Storm would be playing the game. Do you think... But that's that why it, they did it, do you clearly. Think do you think it was done to cause a bit of a stir? Also, maybe if you're looking at it from the NRL's perspective, what are you, what are you saying? What are you what saying? They should have done opinion. it like last week or something. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that after, because the initial media release came out on Sunday, yeah. after we knew the storm would be in that preliminary final, mm-hmm. and the schedule came out for the next two weeks, the storm was still in that time slot, despite the NRL knowing at that point the AFL would be playing the grand final. Hence, creating the media circus that has right, right, followed right. the game and giving them a little Why? bit of extra promotion for free. Or they have realised that, shivers, we've made a blue here. Or they think, what's the worst case scenario here? There's a big fan baf- backlash. We get that extra publicity. Yeah. And then we can just shift the game anyway. Oh, I don't think they're that clever. You don't think they're that clever? No, I don't. I wish they were. <laughs> I don't think they're that clever. I know Vlandis is, you know, really sharp, but I don't think the media machine would be. Anyway, look, okay, they've got a, a shed load of publicity it's out just of a, it. It's a conspiracy. Yeah, okay. Oh, you, you love your conspiracies, you mad Russian. Um, <laughs> and no name on this text either, but thank you. Ends in 626. Appreciate that, mate. Ree Pearl, uh, I, you are on the same page as me. Um, this is, what are we? Monday night, the 13th, I believe, of September. And you are listening to Higher Ground, where heat or midnight, plenty still to come. And great to have your uh, company tonight. 20 minutes to 10 o'clock. Chris with you. Uh, the Mad Russian is here as usual. I don't know what he's doing over there. He's pushing a few buttons and playing with a few knobs and doing all sorts of strange things over there. And Yeah, you. Um, I hope you're well at home, wherever you're listening, uh, right around the world. In fact, you may be listening on the uh, SEN 1170 app. Um, and great to have your company. As I say, we'll be here until uh, midnight. So um, we had top eight through to the finals. 
We've only got six left. And I guess, you know, it's it's further evidence, isn't it, that um, we've had top six really for a long, long time. Um, probably midway through the season, we sort of knew that this competition had six clear front runners. So uh, teams seven and eight, um, don't forget to shut the gate on your way out. Them being Newcastle, who finished seventh, beaten by the Eels yesterday, and Gold Coast Titans, narrowly beaten by the Roosters on Saturday night, just at one point in it, Sam Walker, uh, field goal. So those boys, the Titans and Knights, um, I don't think Mad Monday these days is anything like it used to be um, in my generation, my time. Uh, don't remember many of them. Well, I was about to say, do you have any good stories? But if you can't remember them, that doesn't help us on radio. I'm, I'm sure honestly, it was a good time. I, we, yeah. <laughs> we, we had, yeah, we had a good time. I didn't return home for a couple of, two, a few days. That's terrific. Generally, yeah. But then, well, then we'd have the end of season trip. Oh, yes. And we went to Hawaii a couple of times. Oh. I know. I was done after three days. Get me out of here. You're there for a week. You can get in trouble. Three in days Hawaii. in and I've got tonsillitis and I'm desperately oh. trying to find a doctor that will give me some penicillin just to get me back on the horse. Get me back to the bar. That's a bit depressing. What? On four, day four. Oh, it'll be earlier than day four. Oh. Yeah, I reckon it'll be day three and I'm looking for penicillin. For the tonsillitis, I mean. Yeah. It wrecks your immune system. Those oh, Just shoot me good in the butt. Penicillin in the butt. Bang. One shot. I'm ready to go again. Because <laughs> I, I tell from experience, I used to get pen, um, tonsillitis as a kid every three weeks. And I would almost beg the doctor as a young kid, please inject me with penicillin. Put that syringe in my butt cheek. Uh, and why do we, we often so often that's talk a, about my butt that's cheek? That's a very interesting Mad Monday. Um, no, uh, so yeah, no, Mad Mondays, no, th- don't really remember too many. They were, they were loose, right? They were loose. I was out at Western Suburbs, okay? I was out there and I was a young kid and there were a lot of senior players out there. You was know? it better than Lego? Yep. <laughs> it was better than Lego. Um, yes, yes. So those are the days. Where are we going here? Uh, so Titans and Knights are having their Mad Mondays, right? Today. Uh, has anyone checked in? On them, that they're all okay. I know it's COVID proof. Going to hear from Jared Wallace a little bit later. Apparently, they're shandies. No way. True? Please tell me they're pints. Hearing on sports stage. Please tell me before. they're pints, not pots. Shandies? i got to be honest here. Hand up. I don't mind a shandy. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know. No, not for Mad Monday. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Mad Monday, there's the, no. Uh, you need something heavier for Mad Monday. But I... Here's one for you. What's your... You didn't know about me. Mm-hmm. I have a lager top every time I go to the pub. Right. But that's not a shandy. No. That's just a little ch- squirt lemonade. And you've got to put it in the bottom. I keep telling the bar people, bar staff, and they know me by now. Yeah, in the bottom, Chris, not the top. Even though it's called a lager top in England. Mm. You've got to put it in the bottom. But you try and put a squirt of lemonade in, the, in a, a schooner full of new. You've got to do that in Britain, though, because it's all warm. No, it's not, you goose. It's a tap. Oh, it's not. <laughs> In the north of England, yeah, they're, they're their weird. bitters are just room temperature. No, but they do have cold beer out of on tap in London. Yeah, but they're called lager tops. Mm. But you can't put the squirt of lemonade in the top. Why are we talking about this? Where are we, getting, where are we going Mad Monday now? still. Mad Monday, of course, right, yes. So I had some Mad Mondays in London too with the London Broncos because I was with them for a decade or thereabouts. 
Oh, oh. And a lot of form, former teammates from here had actually then moved and played with London Broncos. And sadly, London Broncos generally had their mad Monday before a lot of other clubs, i.e. <laughs> bowing out. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Dimmick played with him at um, oh, yeah. Magpies. He was over there at the Bronx. So loads of Best on ground. Shane Millard. Shane Millard, pig dog. So he's now Madge's assistant. Yeah. Um, Justin Dooley, there's another old name. Used to play with at Magpies and went over to London Broncos. Spud Carroll was over at London Broncos. And he was there sort of the year I was just arriving. So we sort of ships in the night. Terry Madison. Oh, some good some good men mm. over there in those days. Anthony Seabold was playing over there. Um, Seabs put in a few. Richie Barnett. Um, Luke Dawn. God, there's some players over there. It was almost all Aussies. Um, <laughs> Scotty rock. Hill. Scotty, yeah. Yeah. And they had a few Brits. Oh, but anyway, we, we, we're going off track here. Anyway, we had some had some good times. I've had some good times as a player and an official. Um, Mad Mondays here and abroad. Justin Holbrook then, uh, the Gold Coast Titans coach, after their one-point loss to the Roosters. What did they lose? I think they lost about 14 games and won about 10, didn't they? All in all, though, um, he was pretty disappointed, wasn't he? When I was part of our job, it's hard to come in here now. Ten minutes after that, I've got, it's hard to think of something to say, to be honest. I'm um, just shattered. I've, I was there to be one. We could have been sitting here so happy, but we're not. We're out. Yeah, I mean, it is hard too. Um, the corpse is not even, it's still warm, so to speak. What, that analogy? Uh, well, it's dead. The season's dead. Black, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not gangrenous. It's still, but, you know, they're gone. So it's hard to ask a question, <laughs> isn't it, of the coach? What do you, what, how do you sum the Titans season? Ten wins, 14 losses, squeezing the finals Pretty in the last week. Pretty but average. From where they were mid-season, where they, just oh, blew, they were just leaking points. They finished with a minus three points differential, which is a terrific effort from where they were halfway through oh, the yeah, season. Oh, yeah, terrific effort if you accept mediocrity. Shouldn't be in the finals with a negative next to your name. No, that's... How many were? Three of them. No, two of them. Two. Yeah, shouldn't be there. Two that are gone. Two gone. As I said, as I said, Titans and Knights um, shut the gate. Okay, they're gone skis. Um, Adam O'Brien. So what do we make of the Knights then? Their season? Again, that's disappointing. You know, they've made it again. They've mm. made it, but they've, they've bowed out week one. Um... 12 wins, 12 losses. Given their stock, right? You've got to, you got to, given their cattle, given their cattle, did you really expect them to go further than seventh? Maybe. Without injuries? I think having Ponga out for so long really did hurt them. But, you know, you look oh, at it. They yeah, finished, he they was finished. Back. He was back for the business end. I don't think that's. They finished three wins behind the yields, even if they Mitchell do. Mitchell was out for a Ponga long time. Back. Yeah. Even though they do have. Ponga back for that amount of time, and Pierce was pretty poor. Well, you don't on the weekend. <laughs> Carefully say that, Pierce poor. Pierce was pretty poor. He was piss poor. <laughs> um, yes, he was. He's human too. Mm. Um, but there were a few of them that were. Uh, Adam O'Brien. Let's hear from him then. Um, I'm sure he's you know still sees some positive in the season. 
Yeah, really disappointed. Got a shattered dressing room. Um, they fought so hard. I'm really, really proud of them. Field position cost us in the end. We just we camped down our own end. And, and I think the five minutes before, you know, we'd like to have the five minutes before halftime back again. Just just switched off mentally and cost us a couple of tries. When the game was sort of, when we were in the washing machine of the game, we were going well. And then just before halftime, there was some stoppages and I think we switched off mentally and um, just come up with some system errors defensively and cost us two tries. Adam O'Brien then. So that was immediately after their loss to Parramatta. Parramatta march on. They play Penrith this coming weekend and the Knights, well, um, they're midstream in their Mad Monday. Um, the other sideline to that story, of course, is Adam O'Brien, very good mates with Brad Arthur. Uh, they used to play together, used to coach together. Both came through under Craig Bellamy. Um, and I think Adam is, I read today, um, the godfather of one of um, Brad's children too. So really good mates. And uh, Brad marches on. Adam says farewell. Yes, I do. I hope you are well. Six minutes to ten. We're here until midnight. That text number, if you want to keep sending those texts through, can be about anything, really. Um, how's your team doing? Um, hopefully you're not Newcastle or Gold Coast and you've bowed out of the NRL final. Still six alive. Big upset at the weekend. Penny Panthers fans, have you picked yourself up? Are you okay? You're ready to go again? You're going to take on the Eels this weekend. That should be an easy one for, for Penrith, shouldn't it? Don't think so. <laughs> Don't think so. And Parramatta fans... Uh, you're, you're not there yet. You've still got two big ones to go. Panthers and then maybe Melbourne Storm for you guys to get back to the grand final. Manly, things have opened up a little bit for Manly, haven't it? Hasn't it? Mm. You've only got to beat the Roosters and Souths and you're through. I'm just taking the pee there, but it's doable. It is doable. It's much Very better than doable. being the other side of the draw. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Roosters fans, you're still alive and kicking. Can you believe it? Well, you are, and you'll be hoping that Sam Verrills can have that uh, that charge downgraded tomorrow night at the judiciary. Tomorrow night? Tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. It's tomorrow night. Um, so he can play. If Verrills is out, uh, I guess Ben Marshke would probably come in, maybe, or, um, or, or, or Lammy might come in too. Mm. So who knows what's going to happen. Anyway, look, so uh, that's where it is at. Six still remain. 0457 736 736 is the text line. If you want to jump on the open line, you can. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 if you do want to have a, uh, a quick chat. Uh, all the talk, though, over the weekend and before the weekend, this uh, this feud now between Wayne Bennett and Ivan Cleary. Um, Bennett approached the NRL a few weeks ago, uh, suggesting that uh, Penrith were using an illegal ploy, and maybe not just Penrith, but some other teams as well, in blocking, running block runners to protect their kicker. Uh, we did see it, didn't we, in the Titans-Roosters game. Roosters gained, uh, well, what turned out to be a match-winning advantage. Sam Walker was, we believe, illegally blocked, wasn't he? And... Um, he was able to get a one-pointer away, and they beat the Titans by one point. What did Graham Annesley say about that today? Did he touch on that? Very what? interesting. Went into the technicalities. So he says, yes, in theory, the two players in the wall, one side of the ruck, is illegal. illegal. What he did say, though, is that they more or less have to be shoulder to shoulder, and that um, I'm trying to, Jesse Rain, who was right. trying to make... The block. Mitch Rain. Mitch Rain, sorry. The dummy half. Titans, yeah. Trying to make the block on Walker was allowed to pass between 
It was um, Warrior Hargreaves and Victor Radley. They were the block runners, weren't they? And he was able Rain to... was trying to get to Sam Walker. And so in Annesley and there was a the path referee's through, is what he's opinion, saying. there's a path through. Okay. Even if there were two, two on the six same foot side. something, yeah. two you know, hundred kilo blokes. Yeah. So for in the path. The un, uneducated, for those that don't know, because I was caught out myself at the weekend, mm. it's, I wasn't aware. So basically the rule is you can't have two or more players um, standing there forming a wall on the one side of the ruck. Mm. You can have two block runners on either side, but you can't have two side by side or shoulder to shoulder. So what he's saying is they weren't shoulder to shoulder. There was actually a path for Mitch you know, to scurry his way through like a little mouse through a hole. Although you do see them. It's, it's funny. You watch them literally run forward. To get there. To get there for that purpose. So it's, it's a train play. Yeah. They, yeah. All right. So, um, but what I'm saying is, and do you think that Wayne Bennett's um, comments and approaching the NRL and all this furor between mm. Bennett and Ivan Cleary actually did influence the referees over the weekend, particularly Jared Sutton. So he was refereeing the South and Penrith match. Um, let's have a, a listen to this if we can. I haven't heard this, but Matt Eisenhuth, the Penrith prop, who was playing prop, Sutton had a word to him. Hold, go, last, Matt. Inside 40 and clear. Matt, don't change your line. Matt, take up the position, don't move. I did, I went forward. Yep, all up, shot clock on. Make sure you don't move sideways, mate, or go on. Saying take up the position, don't make a secondary movement. So there you go. If you're asking, did Wayne Bennett's comments and, and the fact that he approached the NRL about this issue in the game, has it had an effect on the referees, specifically Jared Sutton? Absolutely it has. There's clear evidence it has. I bet you wouldn't have heard any referees in weeks gone by having similar conversations with people doing block runs like that. I bet you would not have heard it. But at the weekend, we did. Mm-hmm. And even and other games as well. You know, you can't tell me that given their reading and hearing and all the talk radio stations are talking about, fans are all talking about it. You can't you can't tell me that subconsciously it's not in their head as well. Mm. Gee, I better just keep a lookout here for a couple of block runners um, because that's what everyone's talking about at the moment. Mm. Absolutely it's had an effect. That's why Wayne did it. That's why Wayne approached the NRL with this emerging problem. And did Wayne and his team gain an advantage? Absolutely. Absolutely, they did. But, you know, that's good luck to Wayne. He's, he's a master manipulator. He manages the media to a, his own team's advantage. Mm. Well, that's good, isn't it? You want that coach in your corner, I guess, don't you? If, you could, if South could trade him for anyone at the moment, no way in hell. No. We have got lots more coming up in the second hour. My goodness, that was a long first hour, Rusky. What have you been doing? Holding that big hand on the clock so it wouldn't turn? Feels like I've been here for two hours. You're listening I'm glad to high you're enjoying No, I am enjoying it. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun, but it's just it's been a bit long. Um, text Christopher, good to hear you on Monday nights. Who wins from here? Your eels or your mate Turbo? Are we talking text? Um, that's text from the Central Coast. Are we talking grand final? Who wins? Yeah, well, I think oh. that's what text. I think you, you can't go past Melbourne at no. the moment. You really can't, Tex. You really can't. I'd like to. Uh, my heart would say, I'd, you know, I'd love the Eels to beat the Penny Panthers and then go and whack the Storm for a third time this season. I, I can't see that happening. 
But I do think the path is maybe a slightly easier one for Manly. Mm. Would not surprise me if Manly can get to the big one. Roosters and South fans might disagree with all that. And feel free to uh, drop us a text. Coming up, uh, we're going to talk in the next hour, aren't we, to uh, Greg McCallum. Because there's a lot to talk about. I want to ask Greg about Sam Verrill specifically. I also want to talk further about this penalty try yesterday. I still maintain it wasn't a penalty try. I know you disagree. I'd like to see what Greg has to say. Um, We've got uh, Steve Renoff. We're going to talk to him. Uh, in the next hour as well, mm. I believe, if we can get hold of him. If not, we'll talk to him a little bit later on. But I am definitely going to talk to uh, Steve Renoff. Stick with us. Loads to come. You're listening to Higher Ground. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Order! 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 Time to talk to the judge, uh, the judge, and I'm talking about Greg McCallum, former first-grade referee, also former head of the match review panel. Uh, he's a friend of the station, friend of the show, and uh, he joins us most Monday nights. Mr McCallum, good evening, sir. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, everyone. We've got a fair bit of ground to cover. We haven't got a whole lot of time, uh, Greg, but I do appreciate your time. Let's get straight into it. Um, Sam Verrills, then. Um, Roosters may well be without him. He's been uh, hit with a one or a two match ban, depending how he goes, for um, a high contact charge. He'll go to the judiciary uh, tomorrow night. He'll be aiming for it to be um, downgraded. Before I get your opinion on that, let me just uh, let me just play what Andrew Johns said during the commentary. Well, for me, it's not even a penalty. Brian Kelly's falling. He cannot disappear. Sam Verrills is committed to the tackle. But if you look at Brian Kelly, his nose is broken. And if they're going to be consistent and you can compare them to other hits recently we've seen, for me, it's not even a penalty. Brian Kelly's falling. Sam Verrill's committed the tackle. Unfortunately, these collisions are going to happen. But if they're going to be consistent... Sam won't be playing next week because they can't change what the decisions they've made over the last month or two. Well, Greg, what do you think? Um, will it? Should it be downgraded? I think it will, and I think it should. I think um, compared to other t- uh, tackles, as Andrew was saying there in recent weeks, it had, had to be charged. Um, I, I think there's a charge there, but I think it's a grade one. I don't think there was a great deal of force in it, and I think the... Um, area of force has been the contributing factor to most of the charges being um, laid over the last few months. I think he's a great great chance of being downgraded. We saw it with Junior Paulo yesterday, and I thought it was a very similar type tackle, Junior Paulo, um, but he's just been hit with a fine. Um, do you see similarities between Paulo's hit and Verrill's? And I mean, is that good news for Sam Verrill's then, um, ahead of his, his, his trial, if you like? Well, I think it would, and if I was um, going in there, I'd be certainly showing that uh, tackle was a tackle that had a fair bit of force in it, although there was a, um, a collision with with another player involved in that tackle, but um, Junior Paulo certainly had a lot more force in than Sam Verrills did, and um, as we've seen, and as I said, you know, force has been a contributing factor to all of the charges this year, so I, I think if I was the Roosters, um, I'd be going in there with some great um, a great deal of confidence, really. Okay, well, we'll wait and see. That'll happen uh, this week, and we'll see if he is able able to uh, to beat that rap. Now, still in that same game, the Parramatta, uh, back on the Parramatta game, um, I'm talking same game with Junior Paulo. This penalty try, Greg, I want your I want your 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 thoughts on this because maybe I've got it wrong in my own head. 
in my mind, I have always thought that a penalty try will be given if there's almost zero doubt that the try would have happened, i.e., if there's a stationary ball, it's in the end goal, and all I need to do is dive on the ball or ground it, okay? Minimal, minimal chance of error. In my mind, and we'll t- there, I think there was a knock-on by Gutherson anyway, I, I, but regardless of that, I believe that Will Penasini still had to pick the ball up, so A, there's a chance something could have gone wrong, and he still had to then ground the ball in the end goal, so B, another chance something may have gone wrong. Am I misreading it somewhere? No, look, I think what you're summarising there is how it used to be um, when the referee on the field yep. um, was the sole judge and, and he was the person that would come up with the decision. All of these um, interpretations and penalty tries have changed significantly now that the bunker's involved because the bunker sees it at different angles, sees it at different speeds and, and I think comes up um, with, with very much a decision that leans towards the attacking player. So I, I always thought it was going to be a penalty try when I was watching it. Mm. I was more concerned whether Gutherson had dropped the ball or not, I suppose. Um, I'm a little bit different to a lot of people, but um, I originally thought Gutherson had lost control of the ball and it had hit the ground. Um, looking at it today in in slow motion, there is an argument that he actually releases the ball as though he was going to kick it. And um, the explanation that was given by the league today was that it was in the action um, of the ball hitting the ground and it was kicked immediately. So well, let's listen to Graham Annesley. Let's listen to what Graham Annesley had to say on that. I haven't heard this, so this is a first for me as well. Although it's arguable about whether the ball hit the ground before the boot hit the ball, it actually makes no difference because this is the definition of a drop kick from the laws of the game. And it says it's a kick whereby the ball is dropped from the hands or hand and is kicked immediately, it rebounds from the ground. So people uh, tend to only think of drop kicks as field goal attempts, but anyone, any player can drop kick the ball in any position on the field. As long as he's always attempting to kick it, um, the fact that it's just he kicks it either as it hits the ground or as it uh, rebounds from the ground, under the laws of the game, it's still a drop kick. And it's, and it's not a knock-on. All right. Well, um, there you go. We don't need to explain any more of that. But just back again on the penalty try, Greg, I, I just think it should be a higher threshold for that in, in not, not proof but uh, expectation that there, there can be no error, you know, that that try would definitely be, have been scored. And I know that I'm probably talking pre-bunker days, but I still wish it was like that because, um, anyway, that's me. Maybe I'm just a bit old-fashioned. What else do we need to talk about? I'll tell you what I'd like to talk to you about briefly, and um, we haven't got a lot of time, but what do you make of this Sutton saga? So former referees boss Bernard Sutton, we know that he did some consultancy work for Queensland Rugby League uh, ahead of Origin 1. He's also doing some consultancy work for Melbourne Storm, um, not in person, but on the phone, and, and his, his remit is to try and help Melbourne Storm, I guess, concede fewer penalties than they are, all right? That's his area of expertise. The problem being, and it was in the papers today, and it's been talked about for a while, his brother, Jared Sutton, I don't know if he has been appointed, but he, he will be appointed, I would have thought, as the grand final referee. And there is a strong likelihood that Melbourne Storm will be playing in the grand final. So, some would say that smacks of uh, a conflict of interest. 
Perception, 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 Chris. It's the perception of um, that issue. Um, I know both guys personally. They're both good guys. They're both um, off doing their own things in, in their rugby league world now. And uh, Bernard was involved a long time with the referees. I, I thought it was always a, a bit of a challenge, him being in charge of the referees with two of his brothers actively. But they got through that okay. And Jared Sutton is in my opinion, the best referee in the competition. So we can't be jumping at shadows here, but it's all about perception and it's going to get a run over the next few weeks. There's no doubt about it because it will have got under the skin now, some of the teams, as things get tighter. And as we saw over the weekend, as the coaches get a bit more paranoid and the clubs get paranoid about things, it will get a run. But, you know, you've got to have confidence in the ability and the um, integrity of both guys involved. So let's hope that we can get through the grand final. If And if he is appointed, as I think he will be at the moment, um, that we can get through that without that perception becoming reality. All right, Judge, and one more thing. One more thing before you head back to your chamber. Um, the, Roost, <laughs> the Roosters-Titans game, um, and we saw going into the match, there was a whole heap of talk around Wayne Bennett and Ivan Cleary about protecting kickers and blockers and all that sort of thing. Well, in that game, it turned out that the Roosters, um, there were a couple of blockers, weren't there? There were a couple of blockers um, obstructing. Um, at, uh, but Sam Walker, um, in the end, was able to uh, to get a match-winning field goal with a bit of help from a couple of his forwards. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable with that decision to have a field goal. I think both players, Radley and... Maria Hargraves, they actually ran to get into that position. Yeah. Uh, rugby league has never been about blockers and it's never been about um, obstruction. Um, in fact, Radley was standing in front of the play the ball. And uh, with all of the things that happened over the weekend, I can find agreement with everything that has happened, but I can't find an agreement that that's okay. And I know that there are other occasions during the season where players have got themselves in that position. But I thought that was clearly manufactured and clearly um, a breach of the rules. Two players standing next to each other. The player didn't have a clear run. Mitch Ryan didn't have a clear run at Walker. He had to go through the two players. And, and Maria Hargraves actually moves his hip to try and stop him. So I, I just feel that that's not the spirit of the game. And I, I'm, I can't understand why that would be acceptable in our game. Well, too little, too late for Titans fans. And uh, who knows, Roosters may still have gone on to win it if it went to Golden Point or extra time. Um, but with that, we will never know. Thanks, mate. As always, uh, Greg McCallum, for your time. Always great to chat and uh, listen to, to your brains tick over. And these days, by the way, to our listeners on higher ground, Greg is a marriage celebrant. So if you would like Greg to uh, marry you off, just Google Greg McCallum, marriage celebrant. Mate, thanks for joining us and we'll talk again next week. My pleasure, Chris. And we can get married now. Well, I can't. To get married, I'm, not, I'm never so getting married again. No, but other can. <laughs> okay, mate. Take care. <laughs> See you, Greg. There he is, Greg McCallum, uh, a.k.a. The Judge. Gavin Badger is on the Tigers' payroll, I'm sure, uh, was also assisting uh, Brad Fittler with the Blues this year. What's the difference? Uh, that's from Tim the Toolman. So this is about Bernard Sutton being consultant for Melbourne Storm. His brother, Jared, will... Referee of the NRL Grand Final, Melbourne Storm will be involved with him in the NRL Grand Final. It doesn't look good to me, you know. The optics aren't good. Conflict of interest. And we heard, mm. uh, you're okay with it? I, 
you know, I, I think there is a time that was a problem and, you know, you could put two and two to get, but, you know, these referees <laughs> are full-time now. They're... Just on Tune Matur, man, what's yeah. the difference with Gavin Badger? Um, let's say, because uh, his wife, Casey, is a touch judge, right? Uh, so let's say Gavin is doing some work with the Tigers and Casey is a touch judge in a Tigers game. Mm. Well, totally, come on, mate. The difference is, can, can a touch judge really influence the outcome in any way um, significantly of a match like a referee can? Mm. Yeah, no, well, I don't well, think I mean, so. That, that's the difference I make there. But you're right, it's a similar type situation. What I would be interested in is Toolman's opinion on which way he's leaning there, whether it's whether, whether it is okay and I understand the different situation, but whether it is okay or whether he'd rather see well, my Casey point, not being oh, yeah, the, okay. the lino on. Well, on I think Tim totally thinks, thinks it's fine. Yeah. Move I, on. Play on. I would on, agree right? with him if that's Play the on. case. Play on. Um, I, think, I think they're very different, though. Mm. Casey Badger and Gavin Badger, I think it's totally different to Bernard Sutton and his brother, Jared Sutton. Because I'm just saying they don't need it. Let's just say Manly and Melbourne are in the grand final. Mm. And there's, um, I don't know, let's just say. And so keep in mind, Bernard Sutton is being employed by Melbourne Storm mm. as a consultant to help Melbourne Storm minimise the penalties right. they concede. Okay. Now, let's, let's, let's say Manly have just been beaten 22 points to 20 by Melbourne Storm with, with Jared Sutton referee. And Jared Sutton, let's say, blew a penalty count 11 to Manly, one against Melbourne. Mm. Are you telling me that there will not be outrage by certain areas? I'm saying, I'm saying I think the NRL can avoid yeah. that type of situation raising its head. Um, how? By what? Not appointing Jared Sutton? No. Mm. No, because I, I, I think Jared is the best referee at the moment, right? He still gets the gets the gig. But I think something maybe needs to be said to brothers or family members employed. You know, you are – because also mm. Bernard's employment by Melbourne Storm could jeopardise Jared's chances of being given the the big gig. That's a good point. Would you have the same concerns? I just think NRL can avoid yeah, yeah. avoid the perception. Would, would Av- you- take the total conversation away, but maybe an edict or a rule to referees. Mm. Look, you can't have family members working for any NRL clubs. But maybe. then Gavin's, Gavin's, you know, I know Casey's not a centre referee, but Gavin's working for the West Tigers and, you know, I would argue they almost have a, a closer relationship. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying know, referees. You know. I'm saying referees. Okay. I'm not saying touch judges. Mm-hmm. I, what do, you, I what just think it could be a messy situation. It could Ka- be. Casey can't be that far away from becoming no, I know. a, a no, referee. No, I know. No, I know. So maybe it's a conversation they need to fast track. Mm. But to get my point to Ali as well, uh, who's texting, I, I think it's a situation that could get ugly. Mm. It probably won't, but there is a chance it could. If, like, I just yeah. made that situation up there. If that happened, oh, 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 his brother's, yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, I don't know. Where am I going? Look, here's another text as well coming through from, um, and I can't work this out. Um, G'day, Chris. As a Mad Eels supporter, I'm always taking a glass half full approach. I felt at the time of the slump uh, that while everyone was uh, claiming that the Eels had uh, fallen off the cliff, 
Um, the roster and skill set was the same as early in the season while we were winning games. Uh, whatever happened uh, during uh, that month of four straight losses, they found their way out uh, to beat Melbourne. Uh, John, yeah, mate, thanks for getting involved, John. Um, good text too. It's been a crazy season, hasn't it, for Parramatta? They did fall off a cliff, but no better way to uh, get back on the cliff, so to speak, than beat the defending premiers, which they did not once but twice um, and were competitive for a large part of that game against Penrith last weekend or whenever it was with with half a team missing. So, look, as I said earlier on in, in the opening when I, when I opened the show up, if Parramatta can somehow get their way to the grand final, I'm not saying win it, but get their way to the grand final, it will be the stuff of legend. Put it in perspective. So they had to play in the last two rounds Penrith, Second, Melbourne, minor premiers. Now they have to play Penrith and then Melbourne to get to the big dance. Uh, look, I'd love it to happen. It's unlikely, but there is still hope. There is still hope. And I point to this, Parramatta fans. 13-12 you were beaten in your one and only contest, like for like between full strength teams. 13-12 they beat you. I think it was back in round three or round two. I can't remember. And Melbourne Storm, you've beaten them twice. Both times you've played them, you've beaten them. So there is some light, maybe. Cling to it, Para fans. Cling to it. Um, yes, yes, yes. So keep those texts coming through. 0457 736 736. Steve is on the line. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, I'm going to talk to Steve Renoff. Where is Sydney? That's it, Queensland. Silver Fiji? That's it, Queensland. Where is Bowerville? That's it, Queensland. Queensland's everywhere. Queensland's everywhere. Well, Queensland, and again, I say it uh, each and every week um, uh, from us here south of the border, uh, our thanks again to Queensland for hosting uh, the back end or the back half of the season and indeed the finals and indeed the grand final. Uh, Steve Renoff joins us uh, pretty much each and every Monday and uh, we're lucky to have Steve. That's all courtesy for uh, courtesy of Deadly Choices. I'll talk more about Deadly Choices a little bit later on uh, in this interview. Steve, how are you, mate? Thanks for joining us, bud. Yeah, good, Chris. Good to be back on. Well, uh, that's in Queensland. Everybody's in Queensland at the moment, rugby league-wise. <laughs> and sadly, uh, no Queensland team uh, left alive in the finals. We're down from eight to six. The Titans, they went very, very close, didn't Ooh. they? I mean, right down to the the very last play of the game and they were still alive. Um, uh, okay, they made the finals, but uh, your summation of the season for them? Yeah, look, they, they, they've been up and down, obviously. And, um, you know, I think they proved the week before that um, what wins games is, is defence. And, look, they, they had to virtually come from behind again, I think. And, um, you know, it, it was... They competed and they, they... Right through to the end, and we saw what happened, you know, seconds to go. And, um, you know, it's... It, um, to me, you've got to be happy with the way they, they played their season. But... Um, I think they'll learn. It's a, they learn a lot from this year. Um, they, they're competing for their 80 minutes. Um, but um, and we'll talk about another team forward the way they've won this week. But um, defence wins games, and that's what they got to learn. And and still with the Queensland angle on that match, um, Sammy Walker. Hey, um, 
it's crazy how yeah. light, lightning strikes twice. He booted a 78th minute drop goal to uh, uh, to win the game against the Titans mid season, and uh, again he's come up with that uh, that match winning um, one pointer. Is, yeah. is he an Origin player of the future, Sam? How far off do you think that might be? Yeah, look, he is. You know, it might give him get him in the squad next year, maybe the year after. Um, you know, I think um, he only had a few. He didn't have that long um, on the field the other night, uh, but obviously uh, went on there and uh, won the game for him. So it just shows how good this kid is. You know, he um, any situation, um, you know, whether he starts or he, as I said, he, he come off the bench for that and. He, they, they kept him for a reason, and it worked. I see um, poor old Titan centre. I think he was playing centre, Patrick Herbert. He's copped a uh, oh. copped it left, right, and centre, hasn't he? I mean, it was that last play, and had he have given the ball to David for feeder, he probably scores, doesn't he, for feeder? And and then his wingman blew up at him as well. His own team man. Oh, he's yeah. since I think he's since apologised, but. Um, how must he feel? I mean, have you ever been involved in a in a game where? You, you made the wrong play, you made the wrong call, um, and you lost the game. But I guess not under these circumstances of being a sudden death final. No, that's right. I mean, it, it, you don't like that. I mean, I, I can remember, I think it was 92 before we won our grand first grand final. I, I single-handedly lost the game mm. against Canterbury at Belmore, and it, and it was the worst feeling you could ever, ever feel in the world, you know. And it was just like... Well, you know, my drop next week. I know this is their last game, but um, when, when you have, you know, endings like that, I mean, look, it, it was great. And, you know, if he had his time over, he, he would have had a look. Um, but, you know, that, that's that's what footy's about. It's about that pressure. And so he'll learn from that. He'll go forward next year. And, and guess what? He won't do that again. Um, you know, but it's heat of the moment. Uh, they knew the situation they were in. And, and unfortunately, he didn't get the pass uh, that, that needed to be past you know so it was just one of those that's rugby league we'll talk about the other game that was on saturday uh the south sydney panthers blockbuster before we do let's just rewind a bit and go back to friday uh night's game um melbourne storm they were as good as they're as good as oh. they could be manly a little bit off their game uh, but that was probably largely down to uh, melbourne's game plan and they had a whole lot more ball and a couple of Queenslanders, again on the Queensland angle, certainly stood up, didn't they, for Melbourne. I'm talking about Christian Welch and uh, Cameron Munster. He seems to always stand yes. stand tall in the bigger games. He does. And he's he's been getting better as the year gone on. What, what timing for him uh, to, to be, you know, reaching his peak of this time of the year uh, in the finals. And, look, you've got to give it to Melbourne. It, it was amazing when, like, they, they got put under pressure very early on and, and just by chance, a loose ball, uh, you know, they end up scoring down the other end. I think it was Lumi Lumi who, who scored the try and it just turned the game. Uh, just that one one uh, event that happened in the game because Manly started the game really well. They were dominant and mm. and the, I think the main thing that um, Melbourne did, and they showed with everybody, is, is they just, you know, took the game away from them. But... Their, their forwards and um, and what they did, as I said, they're, they're relentless. Um, and it's just amazing how they can build a game. Um, you know, they're under pressure very early, but then they just dominate it. Just goes to show Tom Turbo is human after all. Um, what does he need? What does he need to improve his game? There's, there's a few players, I think, well, around him that need to, to aim up a bit more. Yeah, I think so. And look, they, they contain him so well. It was every, Everyone... You know, can talk about containing, you know, Tommy Turbo before a game. 
Uh, Craig Bellingham and his men did that the other night. They they just they virtually paid him out of the game, and you know they. I think we saw Manly, and we talked about how to, you know ways to beat Melbourne, and and that's about you know going early, going wide, and and changing it up against them, and not getting caught in the middle. They tried that with with Turbo, and they just shut him down. Uh, they were on him the whole time, and I, I just think this the Melbourne team, the way they're coached and the players they have there is just you know. Look, I think, as we talked about uh, during the week, you know, Des Hazler sort of had a crack at him saying, you know, you know, tongue-in-cheek about them being unbeatable. Well, at the moment, they, they seem to be. Mm. Yeah, they're looking good, aren't they? And they rested a number of players uh, the week going into the finals. They now get another rest, don't they, Melbourne, with the week off. And um, yes. then they will, well, either meet... Um, they will either meet Penrith or, or Parramatta. We'll, we'll touch on those games uh, in a moment. All right, let's go through to the but other. It, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Manly though, they they will improve. Will they improve enough to beat the Roosters this weekend? Look, it's a tough one. I, I think so. I think the Roosters, uh, you know, scratching that win. Um, no pun intended. There, but scratching that win against um, you know the Titans, uh, they're, they're probably more vulnerable. I think. Desi's team and, you know, guys like, you know, the senior players like Tommy Turbo, they won't want another performance like that. Mm. Uh, look, the Roosters scratched that win in. I, I think Manly are good enough to, to go through and, and get this one. I, I really do believe. Uh, when I look at the two teams, um, I, I think Desi Hazler will get his team up and just, you know, they just won't, don't want a repeat of, of what happened um, this week, um, next week. So I, I, I think you know, the Roosters are there for the taking, and I think Manly will do it. Right, I want to talk about um, your old mate Wayne Bennett now, Pearl. How many premierships, <laughs> how many years did you play under Wayne? Uh, from 88 to 99. So, how many yeah, premierships so did you win there with him? Four four premierships under Wayne. Right. And you know the bloke. Uh, well. Yeah, look, and this is his time of the year, and we used, you know, in hindsight, we used to talk about he the way he approached. Um, you know, spring, September, um, and about enjoying the footy. Um, you know, he, he really drilled that into us. And and, and look, it, it's a, well, I keep saying about Wayne, it's a simple game. That's how he thinks. You know, he he he'll tell you it's a simple game. Let's just get the basics right. And South did that. They just defended. They they defended. You know, so well. But on the back of that, I think they had eighty or ninety percent possession of the ball. And that that's the big thing. If they can keep that ball in their in their hand for you know um, for for that sort of percentage going through a game, um, you know any any team will win. Mm. What's he like? Like um, and okay, there's the there's the drama that's, that's now happening with Ivan Cleary, um, Wayne Bennett, the master of mind games, the master of playing the media, the master coach. You know him really well. What is he really like? Um, you know, obviously, he, he's not on side with the media very often, okay? And he's very he's no. very difficult to talk to. He's very difficult to interview. Whether that's him playing games with the media, um, he does seem to do it when he, when he can gain an advantage for himself or his team. He will use it. Is it something you guys talked about, what he does and, and how he plays out in the media? But, but boys, internally, just keep this amongst ourselves. Yeah, so you know what he does, and he, he, he did that with us, and he's done it with most teams. So what he does in the media, he's actually protecting the team. So we're all on, you know, me and everyone else, uh, we're 
all over South that they couldn't win without Latrell Mitchell, right? Yes. We were all yes. going on about that, um, you know, for the last couple of weeks. And so what he goes, well, I'll divert that conversation and he'll start this little blue between him and I. <laughs> and that's what he does. He, he diverts away, uh, you know, any yeah. issues around the team and he does it so well. And he, he did it for us and he, he's so good. And he, he just, and it, it was, it was a, it's a real classic Wayne Bennett, um, way of doing things, and that's what we saw on the weekend. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. But they were so good, so good. But yes. but you're right. And you, you, the very first thing you said when I said let's talk about Wayne Bennett, September football. That's what it's all about, yeah. isn't it? And it, it is it is so true. Yeah. It is a whole new ball game. Yeah, it is, and and it's it's totally forget about what's just gone on. Um, you know, South. You know, they're having wins coming into it. He was a big, always big around that. You've got to be winning coming into the final series. You know, if you're behind the eight ball and you're scratching in, he go, well, you're Buckley, you know, and he'd say that. But you, you've got to be winning to have that momentum going into the final series. And um, that that's him. You know, we just strive for that. And after our first year in 92, we couldn't wait for September. You know, we we knew he put the groundwork in during the season. But come September, we were, we were, we were jumping. You know, we are mm. you know, he, he has the team fresh. Um, they're ready to go. Their heads are good. Um, you know, and He's just so good at it, and it, it, you know, I, I can tell you and tell you what I think, but uh, it's probably a lot more complex from his side of things. But he does mm. it so well. He does indeed. All right, mate. I know you are, again. I appreciate your time. Just before uh, you head off, uh, the fact we can't have a Melbourne and Penrith Grand Final now. Um, any mm. thoughts on that? I mean, how how do you feel about that? Look, I, I've um, had to comment about that, and I, I think we're looking at a Melbourne. Our Sydney final, to, to be honest, and you, you look at the performances from the weekend, and they got to go down as as the mm-hmm. two teams that you think if they play, and the way they we know they can, and they, they probably had the better, obviously you know a bit more, not perfection, but mm-hmm. their their stats were so good. And this is finals footy, that out of that group of games on the weekend, you got to pick Melbourne. And South and and what a what a uh, you know something to look forward to Craig Bellamy versus Wayne Bennett in the grand final. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll leave it there. Oh, quickly, Parramatta or Penrith this weekend? I I, I think like both games. I, I Penrith Penrith they'll bounce back. I, I think you know Parramatta uh, scraped a win against um, Newcastle. And that sort of shows where they're at. It took them a while to get going, but uh, Penrith will come out and I think they'll win that comfortably. Brilliant stuff, Steve Renoff. Thanks, mate, for joining us on Higher Ground. And Steve does that courtesy of Deadly Choices, uh, which aims to empower Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people towards a healthier, happier life by eating healthy, exercising daily and eradicating sugar smokes and alcohol. Steve, thanks for joining us, mate. No worries, Chris. Thanks, mate. Perfect. There he is, uh, the Pearl, a Queensland legend, Broncos legend. Good to get some insights, too, into the inner mind of uh, the great Wayne Bennett.
Yes, indeed, Rocket Man. So uh, if you are a regular listener to the program, and it's generally around about 11 o'clock on a Monday, we, we like to hand out the Rocket Man appoints. It's our equivalent, I guess, of the Dally M Awards, even more prestige associated with, uh, with the Rocket Man Awards. And uh, Elton John, it's a great song, isn't it? And the, uh, the, the prize is that bronze uh, trophy, the bronze statue. Uh, Elton, a bronze statue of Elton. Uh, with his two balls, we're holding his balls, the, the Steedens. Um, the leader, the leaderboard at the moment, and by the way, I'm still trying to get Elton uh, in touch with his people because I have been, I know, promising you listeners uh, for weeks now that Elton will fly out here and um, help present the award. It's a bit tricky with COVID, so just bear with me on that and I, I you know, cut me a little bit of slack. Virtual ceremony would be fine. I'm still trying. I'm, I'm, look, my people are talking to his people. Mm-hmm. It, a virtual, it may still happen. I'm not giving up hope. Okay. Just like Parramatta fans shouldn't give up hope just yet. Okay. The Rocketman leaderboard, so we give away three, two, and one across the weekend. One point, two points, and three points the maximum. So only three players get it out of uh, all matches across the weekend. It's going right down to the grand final. I will give you an update on the leaderboard firstly. Out the front, on 19 Rocketman points is Tom Trebojevic. Eight points behind him is James Tedesco. Two points further back is Nathan Cleary. And then two points further back on seven is uh, Matt Burton. Um, so there you have it. Ryan Pappenhausen, he's on four points. Pong, Quentin, uh, Kalen Pong is on four. So he's got pretty much all wrapped up, hasn't he? Unless unless Tedesco was to score three points this coming weekend against Trebojevic, which is possible, mm-hmm. then goes on to score another three points in the prelim final against South Sydney, which is possible. That takes Tedesco to 17. And then... If Tedesco was to score two points or more mm-hmm. in the grand final, he can be our rocket man still. Come from the clouds. Yeah. Yeah. So, mathematically, Teddy can still win the award. And I know it's right up there on his uh, list, bucket list of things mm. to achieve. Oh, of course. This, not just in his, this year, but in his career. It's the inaugural rocket man awards. Like, it. You're not going to get a – you're never going to win this for the first time again. Someone wants to be the inaugural rocket man. And when are you ever going to get the chance to meet Elton again? Well, it might be virtual. We'll, we'll work it out. <laughs> we'll work it out. So that's how it goes. Um, that's the update. So from the weekend, from the weekend – Yeah, those ones. <laughs> one point. One point goes to – Okay, a player from South Sydney, their monstrous win over Penrith. Lots of great players. Mm. Well, who were some of your thoughts? I thought Kaloa Matangi was really good. Yep. Tom Burgess was huge if we're talking forwards. Uh, Cody was good. Uh, Blake Taff was excellent after yeah. a, a little mishap early on. But the maestro that's leaving them to go to Brisbane, Adam Reynolds gets the one point. Two points comes out of yesterday's match. Parramatta against Newcastle. Inari Tuala. 
There we go. Scored a hat trick. No. No. But doesn't get any Rocket Man oh. points. You're gone the early crow. You're too button happy. Gets a hat trick, but does not score an early point. Fergo was good too, wasn't he? Yep. Um, Regan Campbell Gillard, he was brilliant. I thought, particularly in defence. Um, Junior Paulo good as well, but and luckily Parramatta will still have Junior for mm. next weekend because he has escaped any suspension. But it was probably the best game I've seen from Moses. Mitchell Moses, ladies and gentlemen, gets two points in the Rocketman standing. Yep. 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 No, our, our pleasure, Mitch. Our pleasure. Our, mate, some of those balls. And that left to right, that left to right rainbow ball that landed on the chest. It was beautiful, wasn't it? Um, well done, Mitch. Well done. Three points comes out of Friday night's game. It was Friday, wasn't it? Melbourne and Manly. Um, I thought Munster was tremendous. Christian Welch was great again. Mm-hmm. But the Pappy. This week's Rocket Man, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah, well done, Pappy. Well done. All right. What do we do now? We'll take a break. Okay. And we are into the uh, the back straight, I guess, uh, of this show. We're here until midnight, so still a fair way for us uh, to go. Um, rugby league news around two, uh, other news around. Um, this is being reported by Michael Shamus um, this afternoon or this evening. Uh, Tim Sheens is set to be handed the keys to the castle, regardless of whether the West Tigers decide to sack Michael Maguire in the coming days. Um, the club today finalised its end-of-season review while uh, Mad Russian is shuffling his papers over there with the board to be presented a copy of the report before a decision is made on Madge Maguire's future. Uh, it goes on to say here, uh, the Tigers players group has uh, hung embattled coach Michael Maguire out to dry. That is the belief of, uh, of Andrew Johns. Sources with knowledge of the situation told the Herald that Sheens, the joint ventures only premiership winning coach of the past 22 seasons, is expected to be promoted into a coaching director role regardless of whether Maguire stays on uh, or is axed. So basically, he was going there more as a a pathways manager, wasn't he? Not so much director of football, um, i.e. so would not have been um, Maguire's boss, really. Mm. But now it's understood that, uh, well, this is is saying that he'll be appointed to the the director of football role, which would oversee uh, Michael Maguire. Uh, that's being reported uh, by uh, Michael Shamus of the Sydney Morning Herald. So that's expected um, in the coming days. 
Um, and they're yet to decide, obviously, the West Tiger, whether Madge remains part of their plans. Um, but Sheen says here is viewed as the ideal foil for a rookie coach. So uh, what rookie coaches are out there? Well, Cameron Serraldo is probably the man they're, they're thinking. Um, he's in charge of defence at the Panthers. Not bad, is it? 11.8 per game on average, I think. But, even though they'll beaten at the weekend. But then you look at, and I'm sure Cameron's, you know, he's done his apprenticeship. He's done everything right. Trent Barrett was the... I think he's the highest paid assistant too, Cameron. Trent Barrett was the attacking coach at the Penrith Panthers last season when they were under the grand final, took up the job with the Canterbury Bulldogs. That experiment has... Not yet worked. Not hit off yet. He's got an improved set of cattle to work with next season, but... Just because someone has a successful assistant coaching career doesn't always translate Trans- as no, teams right. would hope. You're right. Just like you know, former players don't always turn into great coaches either, mm. do they? Um, so watch this space, uh, West Tigers. You're probably sick and tired of hearing about the West Tigers saga. Um, but whatever they do, they've got to they've got to fix it. They've got to fix it. Ten years without a finals appearance, that's not good enough. Regardless of who's no. in charge, it's not not good enough, you know. And the fact that performances have declined, and whether well, that's down to match, yeah, or the management. But well, well, they always say continue. they always say. Look, and I'm, I'm not defending Madge. I don't know Madge, but they always say. Look, and and coaches general, they always say. Look, it comes back to me at the end of the day. It comes back to the coach. He's presiding over all um, performance wise. Mm. So it does sort of it does fall at his feet. Mm. Sadly. And clearly watching some of the Tiger Tales and all that, clearly he's very, very passionate. And he's very, very clever. He's a premiership winning coach, for goodness sake. But the team is not performing. And his job is to get the team to perform. So, you know, join the dots. Anyway, we'll, they'll work it out. It's not my job to do it, is it? Um, what else we got? Now, Mossy Masoy, what's the latest with Mossy Masoy? So we know that uh, we've been raising funds through the uh, Men of League Foundation for him. He had that horrific injury, neck injury. Um, was not thought he might even walk again, but I believe he has made some some good steps, literally, quite literally speaking. So Mossy hasn't yet been able to walk unassisted without crutches, right. but he did yeah. make his he's up and about and moving by himself again, which is terrific progress. I think he managed to start doing that September last year. Yeah, um, and he's. Slowly on the improve, and he's finally going to make his way home to New Zealand. So um, I'd just like to play you a little bit of Brilliant. audio yeah, from do. Hull, um, from Hull the weekend, from Hull KR on the weekend, Craven Park. Another legend takes the field in Mossy Masoy with his children, Elvie Rose, Marlo, and little baby Louie being carried there. Partner Carissa is uh, in the background, and Tony Smith. Applauding, Mossy Masoy. Yeah, nice. Um, that would have come from probably a Sky Sports, I think. Absolutely. So that was a Sky Sports commentary. The 32-year-old was accompanied by his children a couple of match balls, one of yeah. which had been signed by all 16 NRL team captains and the skippers of 11 of the 12 Super League sides. Kenny Dow, uh, Sean Kenny Dow, that is, the whole KR captain, added his autograph before embracing his former New Zealand teammate and clubmate. At the Roosters when they won the yeah. NRL Premiership in 2012. Yeah. Um, so just, just thought it was a nice 
good news story. No, lovely. To, no, to... it is lovely. And I don't know, Mossy, I I may have interviewed him a couple of times. I don't even think I did. But, you know, regardless, um, the good thing about this game, isn't it? They, they stand by you. And the Men of League Foundation do a tremendous job. Um, but you fall on hard times and, and they like to help you wherever they can. And, and the game, not just here, but obviously in the UK, they're all all um, rallying around Mossy. So, you know, fingers crossed and he's making improvements. They might only be really small, but um, just goes to show, don't you? You never know. You never know when something, well, I won't say tragic because he's still with us, but it'll be enormously um, difficult for him and his family. You know, he'll never... Never be the same again. We know that. But let's just hope he can get back to some sort of normality. And yeah, and that starts by th- going home. Yeah, exactly. Doing things with your kids and your family and uh, all that sort of stuff. So uh, our thoughts with you, Mossy. And uh, keep being strong, brother. Keep being strong. And uh, great to see you will be soon making your way back to New Zealand. Well, our next guest on Higher Ground, he played about six seasons, I think, with South Sydney between the year 87 and the early 90s. I think, in fact, I may have made my NRL debut against him. It's a very warm welcome to the show to Steve Maven. How are you, Steve? G'day, Chris. I'm well, thanks. Well, it's all is well, I think, at the moment in Redfern. Um, not the way Souths usually win games, but it was gritty. It was determined. Um, they held Penrith scoreless in the second half. A really impressive victory all round. I mean, so many people, Steve, were saying, no Luttrell, no hope. Well, uh, the master coach has, has proved them wrong once again. Yeah, well, there's one very happy former Rabbitoh and Rabbitoh supporter here. That was an impressive performance, mate. And I'm very proud of what this team went out and did on Saturday night. And yes, without Latrell, a lot of people didn't think we could do it. But young Blake Tass, I thought he had a blinder. He had a bit of a start to, to forget when he dropped that bomb. And everyone's going, oh, look out. But then from then on, he really responded quite well and fielded all the bombs. And he brought the ball back beautifully. And he also set Jackson Polo up for a try on the right there with a great little pass. Oh, so the kid got a lot of skill and he got a lot of confidence. And I've been saying this when we lost the Latrell. As long as Blake can do his job like he did more than, more than adequately the other night, then the rest of the team, look how good they went. Yeah, they were yeah, good. But, you know, they were really good. And and, and I, I was calling that game, and after that first error, I thought, oh, my God. So my heart was in my mouth pretty much every time Cleary put up a high ball. But, you know, to mm-hmm. his credit, the youngster, he you know, he, he aimed up. And, and I, I read a report, I think it was Adam Reynolds might have said, uh, we'd just told him during the week, you know, no mistakes, let's keep the mistakes down. But I thought that might have added more weight on his shoulders. But, well, well played, a really good performance from him. And he'll only get better next uh, next outing as well. Exactly. And we spoke to JD, Jason Demetrio, the assistant yes. coach, and asked him what the mood was like in the coach's box. And he gave us a bit of an insight. And he said that Wayne just said to the team before the game, you go out and play the football that you know you can play and, and be the team that you know you can be. And it was, it was really inspirational what he said. And, and they really did that. And it was built on a solid defensive performance. I mean, they only let one try into this Panthers juggernaut that have been one of the best sides all year. One try. And... Yeah. You know, that just shows how well they defended. And across the park, there were so many good performances, you know, but just a couple that are worth mentioning. Keon Kalamatungi mm-hmm. makes his return after a two-week suspension, makes 41 tackles and no misses. You know, you know, unsung heroes like that in the team. Thomas Burgess comes off the bench, runs for 21 runs for 212 metres. Joy Arrow comes on and just, he was fired up 
And, you know, he's a leader in this team and he's exactly what this team has sort of needed. He's come in and, and JD was saying that he's like a, he's a big game player and he is, he plays origin and the finals are going to suit him down to the ground. So he was impressive. And, you know, blokes like Reno, he kicked free from four and he's defended really well in the middle. So it was built on the defense and yeah, the forwards got the job done in the middle and we've got a couple of tries out wide. It was a tight game, but yeah, I was jumping, I was jumping around the lounge room like a, like a little kid, I leaping out you. of the chair every five minutes, but it was an enjoy- a really enjoyable win. I bet you were. Well, you're going to make <laughs> the grand final first. Uh, you're into your fourth prelim in a row. Um, standing in your way will be, uh, who will it be? Either um, the Roosters or Manly? Or Manly. Any preference, yeah, uh, any, any preference on who you might face in the prelim? Well, wouldn't the Rabbitohs and Roosters be a, oh. a blockbuster prelim? But... You know, I'm no Roosters fan, so I'd quite be quite happy for them to get knocked out next week because I think probably out of the two teams, yes, Manly's been great, and yes, they've got Tommy Turbo, but the Roosters just keep finding a way to win, like they did the other night. And so, yeah, look, we've beaten both of them this year, and I really think that we're a cut above both Manly and the Roosters. So, going into this prelim, fairly confident that we can get them, but then. If we do get to the grand final, it looks like it's going to be, well, the Storm and the Eels are coming up. Um, you know, so that's... that's You think? That's what we think, you know. So, and then having to meet the Storm in the grand final, look, they're on another level. They showed that the other night. You know, the block of cheese gets injured, and who do they bring on? Harry Grant, yeah. who had a blinder. <laughs> and Pat Manhausen, wow, what a player. So they're going to be hard to beat, but if we can play like we did the other night, We'll beat anybody because we completed at such a high rate. We completed at 86%, I think it was. So if you hold the ball and don't give away penalties, yeah. very hard to beat a side like the Rabbitohs because they've got a lot of skill, as you saw with that Cody Walker try when they just mm. turned sort of nothing into something. Well, I was going to ask you, and you've just answered it there anyway, do you really believe you can, you can win the title now? I've got to tell you, Steve, the last few weeks, last couple of weeks, Bunnies fans have been very quiet. The shows I've been doing, I've been calling out, you know, get in touch, but they've been very, very quiet because I think they were all a bit down in the dumps too because deep down in their pit of their stomach, they were probably thinking, yeah, you know, no Latrell, we probably are done and dusted, but there's renewed hope now. By God, there's some renewed hope. You think you can do it again, hey? I honestly think we can, mate. Like I said, it's going to be hard. The Storm are great, but if we win this preliminary final, get through to the grand final. Who knows on the day? Upsets can happen and we've got the team to do it. You know, we've only lost four games all season. And yes, one of those was to the Storm, but we're in that game too, early on, if you remember. So, uh, you know, I think we can bounce back and yeah, I think we can win the game. I hope we can. We don't get that many grand finals. There's only been one in the last 43 years and we got that one in 2014 and what a day that was when we knocked out the Roosters in the prelim. So who knows? It's, we could have, you know, I'm thinking that uh, Jaden Sewer could be our 2021 version of Ben Sewer. Yes. When he came on and he, he turned that game in that prelim and then he, he had such a great game in the grand final. So there's shades of that and there's a lot of confidence and you've got to take your hat off to Wayne Bennett. He's cool, he's calm, he's collected. You know, there's a bit of fire in the press conferences during the week and he's got a, a great offsider in JD and Ben Hornby. So they're in good hands, the Rabbitohs. 
We've got some good systems in place there, and we've got some good kids coming through too. So the future looks bright. We've got the MILF coming next year. Some great youngsters in Peter Mamazelis and, and Lockie Elias coming through. So, yeah, David, Davey Mawali is another one. He's 18 years old, but he doesn't look out of place in first grade. So, yes, I think we can win, but I think we'll be a top four team for years to come with the, yeah. the team and the club we've built. Well, let's hope so, Steve. Let's hope so because you know, you know, if Parramatta's going going good, the competition's going good. The same can be said by, for the Rabbitohs. You know, really big supporter base. Um, before uh, before you go, mate, uh, you won a minor premiership, didn't you? I think it was in '89 with South. So you had players like Mario and Bronco de Jura, who I ended up playing out there with uh, West West Magpies a couple of seasons with Bronco, uh, Jim Sedaris. Comparisons between this team and that. I know it's very difficult, isn't it, to compare eras. Oh, it is quite difficult. Like we had a, we had Phil Blake, who was oh, a magician go. on the football field, and blokes like Ian Roberts and Les Davidson. So, you know, I put those players up against anyone on any day on, in any game, and that's why we had so much success. We won twelve games in a row, but it's just a, still a bit of a sore point that we couldn't get it done that year. We we beat the Raiders and we beat the Tigers during the regular season, and then when it came to those big games, we fell at those final hurdles. So that still hurts, but. Yeah, they're a great side. And, you know, comparing this side, and we asked Wayne Bennett about this side, how it compares, and he said, well, this side hasn't got Greg Inglis or Sam Burgess or a John Sutton in it. So, you know, we've had some great teams over the years, but I'm just hoping this one can go one better than we did in 89 and get the, the big one on grand final day. Well, Steve, thanks for jumping on the line, mate, at short notice. I really appreciate it. You can hear more of Steve. Uh, he heads up Rabbitohs Radio, which is always a good listen as well. Uh, you have a week off, and then you guys will play either the Roosters or Manly for the right to go to the uh, the big one. And uh, once you get into the grand final, Bunnies fans, you will play either Melbourne, Penrith, or Parramatta. Steve Maven, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Chris. Anytime, mate. All right, uh, pack up, switch the lights off before you leave, and uh, I'll catch you again uh, on Wednesday. That's about all we've got time for for tonight's edition uh, of Higher Ground. Thanks to our regulars in Greg McCallum. Also, thanks to Steve uh, Renoff. Uh, Steve Maven as well uh, jumped on the line. We'll be back, as I say, on Wednesday, then again on Thursday for our special finals edition. That's from 8 till 11 p.m. Don't forget Friday, semi-final one, Sea Eagles against Roosters from Mackay. On Saturday, crunch time from midday, and then we'll have the semi-final two, Panthers against the Eels. I'll be back again with you at the end of the week for match day at uh, midday from Sunday. Until then, keep smiling. Bye for now.